This is Alan with the Toon Army Baltimore. A gooner and a toffee walk into a bar. Decided to do a shit football podcast. You're listening to the DU Football Show. Wasn't as shit as the game this afternoon. Ugh. <clears throat> Theirs wasn't particularly good either. No, no. Why you gave him the credit of opening the show? Yeah, it's just I, I. We need to load up the board with more uh, sounders. We, we got plenty to... of them. Maybe our producer should produce us something. That'd be nice. Yeah, but for you know a what, change. You know what she did produce her fucking vape pen. Let's start the show. <laughs> Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, aka the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow of a Lord. Look straight and short. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Fucking United! Fucking United! Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, just wanting human contact that isn't a bunch of children, my co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. How you doing, Sammy? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. A you tired. Were, yeah, well, you were over there just kind of shaking your head a lot as we were going through the intro. Uh, yeah. Just a tough, been a tough couple of weeks there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wife's back at work, so it's just me and the kids at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two weeks, um, this is my second of uh, these. The total of four. I'm sorry. This is the fourth week, second of this stint mm-hmm. of the total of four weeks that I have of uh, paternity leave. So get back um, to work and want to take a vacation. I can't wait to get back to work. <laughs> to be honest with you, it is. Uh, it's been challenging, to say the least. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, streaming live every single Monday night. Should you want to chat with us, there are as many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Sure, it's at DU Football Show on all the social medias and Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. And if you didn't know, this is a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> find us wherever you get podcasts. And if you like videos, find a video of the podcast. They're, they're, they're listening to the podcast right now. They've already found us. Mr. Tell Graham. a friend then that doesn't know that watched our TikTok that can't remember it's a podcast. When, when you do. All the call to action, Mr. Graham. It's a, it's a job. You you remember. Podcast. Words, remind everybody constantly <laughs> that it's a podcast and where they can find it and all the socials that they can find us on as well. I'm a white guy giving an opinion on a, on a fucking 12-year-old dating app, TikTok. <laughs> They know it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't think they do, and I think you need to make sure. Podcast! Again, takes criticism so well, doesn't he? <laughs> Wonder why we don't tell him anything, because it's like, no! Don't tell me I did something hey, Graham, wrong. you just lost one viewer on the video of this podcast. <laughs> sure, Billy, tell your wife it's okay. Just listen to us. <laughs> Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep passion and love for all things distilled spirits. So is the red-blooded Americans we are. We vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Podcast! Mr. Graham, we have cracked the top 10 of Whiskey Advocates' top 20 whiskeys of 2023. What are we drinking tonight? Yes, we have, and I will stop doing that. It's annoying me already. 
Uh, this is number 10. Um, as you said, uh, we are coming down. Podcast! <laughs> yeah, it is really annoying, isn't it? <laughs> coming down the home stretch here. So uh, this is uh, the Glendronic cast strength. Uh, batch number 12. It comes in at 116.4 proof or 58.2% by volume. Should run you around 100 bucks, uh, $105, somewhere in that range. And that's about what we found it for. Um, it it can be, be found. It won't be able to be found for long because it's a singular batch. Right. Yep. Uh, they rated it a 94, and it is a Highland uh, single malt scotch. And your blurb comes from David Savona. Uh, Glendronic is one of Scotland's oldest whiskey distilleries dating back to 1826, but it has been sold, shuttered, and resold several times. Its return to production in 2002 was great news for scotch lovers, and today it's under the direction of Brown Foreman Master Blender, Dr. Rachel Berry. This newest iteration is a bold, memorable cast strength, sherry-matured whiskey that comes alive in the glass with chewy, zippy notes of leather, cedar, and honey, then a wisp of flinty gunpowder accents the sweet finish. This sherry finished scotch, how many times are you going to say it, is the kind of drink that cries out for a beautiful scar on a cold winter night. I have to completely agree with that. Um, the wood stands out for me tremendously, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the um, those kind of dark fruit notes right up front from the sherry. little nuttiness there as well. It, it's delicious. I'm a massive fan of this. It's phenomenal. It's very <laughs> fucking good whiskey. And it's um, not overshadowed the cask finishing doesn't overshadow the whiskey. Yeah. The whiskey itself is the star. 100%. A lot of instances. And I love this about like Speyside and Highland whiskeys is that normally the cask is kind of subdued. The, well, bit. no, is the deal. Like you think of like a, a sherry finish or something like that. But in this instance, the whiskey's the star. The barrel is the kind of. Oh, the second oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I see what you're saying. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. No, oh, yeah. No worries. No worries. The, in this one, it's subdued. Yes. Very yeah. much so. But the, you so. do get those fleeting hints of it. Yeah, I, I, I this is phenomenal. It is, and I like it a lot better with a cube. Uh, it, yeah, it, it opened good. up a bit for me. It was, it was from when I tried it. Good. Neat. It was good. Neat. It was very good. Neat. You're right. It just got a little more floral. The sweetness kind of stepped out to the front a little bit. Better. I think it was a little hot. To be, I think the proof got in the way. Neat. Okay. In my opinion, uh, of that kind of delicate floral uh, kind of aspect to it. So that little bit of water just helped. So Brown Foreman took over a couple of different distilleries. It was Glendronic, uh, Ben Ryak, and I forget the third, but they bought all of these distilleries uh, a while I, back. I don't, yeah, I don't know the other one. And Glendronic and or Ben Ryak has been on this list pretty consistently for the past four or five years. Yeah, It's been there almost every single time. And every single time I've yet to be disappointed in what they did. Um, we had the portwood from them from Glendronic. I know we had a uh, a the little smoky uh, the from the Ben Ryak as well, and it just well fucking done. Yeah, this is it, well, it's, it's an excellent, well whiskey. fucking done. I I'm gonna try to find another bottle of this if I can. This is fucking delicious. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would say to people if you're just an old school Scotch guy, this is a bottle. Hundred percent. Go fucking find it and go buy it right away. Absolutely go buy this bottle. It's uh it's an A plus for me. This is a great, great fucking bottle of whiskey. What else should we uh tell people to do, Mr. Always Graham? remember to drink responsibly while listening to your podcast. Very good. Let's get it started. Your glass is over there, sweet cheeks. Good job. <laughs> sweet cheeks. Yeah, well, you know. 
I figure she needs a pet name today. All right, we go ahead. We're going to start again with the top of the table. As Liverpool set the pace, Arsenal answered emphatically, and City didn't. Liverpool 4, Brentford 1, Arsenal 5, Burnley 0, Manchester City 1, Chelsea 1. Uh, impressive win for the Reds. Really impressive win for the Reds. Even though it was only one nothing at halftime, game was never in doubt. And even as they lost people, it's like Jota's been carrying the load since Salah's out. Jota goes off hurt. On comes Salah, you know. And it's like perfect timing for them. It, it just then Gakpo got in on the action, obviously coming off the bench as well mm -hmm. um, for a, a different injury that actually looked not great. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where um, was it Norgard or somebody landed on uh, Endo's? Was it Endo's knee? It was Endo, yeah. I think. Well, so Jota, Endo, and Nunez all went out hurt in this match. Yeah, but Nunez again for the second week running with a very composed well-designed relaxed finish yeah. wow I loved it russ russ sent me a text and he goes what the hell noon oh what the hell aren't you supposed to hit the post like a little disappointed there yeah <laughs> exactly well done. Well done. captain chaos uh has just found his serene happiness all of a sudden i don't know what that's about maybe he went on one of thomas tuchel's indian retreats mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> after he got fired and he just found some zen <laughs> Now, here is one thing that's worth mentioning that's concerning. Uh, they give up another shutout, another one. They were well in control, and they give up a relatively it was easy— a good, To be fair, it was a good goal from Ivan right. Tony, though. But but he was a relatively open opportunity for yeah, him, too. I like mean, that's he put fair, it away, yeah. but he just kind of defensive breakdown. And we'll get to talking about Ivan Tony and, and the bees in a moment. But is this the weakness? Is this going to be the weakness of Liverpool? Because— they don't get a lot of shutouts, and they seem to give up inopportune goals. But they score enough is right. the key. Right. It, you know, they're, they're obviously um, taking it two teams so they can afford to be, where we've seen occasionally this season City be unable to break a team down for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Arsenal, over the festive period, be unable to break a team down for whatever reason. Um, Liverpool has survived all of that because their offense is so good. Because they always seem to find a way to break them down. So, no, I don't think that's going to be Liverpool's downfall. Uh, although I wish it was, <laughs> obviously. Um, but if you just look, I mean, they have, besides us now, because of successive six and five nil wins, um, Liverpool have a better goal difference in City. Uh, and they're only one behind us. Right. I saw a table earlier, top five leagues in Europe, uh, most goals scored in the calendar year 2024. So for the Premier League, five games. Arsenal are 21 goals in five games. Liverpool are 20. Wow. So there's that one goal difference. <laughs> right. You know? Um, and then it goes like Barcelona, somebody else, and somebody else. Uh, PSG maybe or somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't remember Fair. who it was. But it was us and Liverpool right at the top of that table. Mm -hmm. uh, again. So um, because of that, I, I don't think this giving up a clean sheet is necessarily a problem. Now, it, it could very well become a problem when they fit they still have to face the likes of manchester united city mm -hmm. uh you know some of these dark you know hefty derby games again um and we're the only one in the top six i believe that's done with them right so that's you know great for us i mean there's a the potential they all take points off each other and then we just scoot right into first place well in the next couple of weeks you get past newcastle this this upcoming weekend which i think we will in three weeks time your games are pretty easy, and they got to play each other. Yep. 
And that's that's your chance if uh-huh. you're going to jump everybody. If we're going to do chance. it, that's the chance. Absolutely. Yeah. But so against a better defensive team, somebody like City or, you know, United recently has been a bit better. Um, you know, the, of course, being a Derby, you can kind of throw form out the window. We've, we, you know, time and time again, a, a shit team has come up and and taken a result simply because it's a Derby. That happens very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I could see Liverpool dropping points because they're a little vulnerable. Um, and if you, you have a team that's a bit more organized and has a bit better of a defense, then, you know, that normal three-goal outing becomes a one-goal outing, and then it's a 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, fair. You know, it's entirely possible. Now, uh, we just mentioned that uh, Ivan Tony had scored the goal. Uh, he just keeps scoring since he's been back. And if only somebody had said on uh, injury time. And if somebody wanted to find injury time, Sam, how would they go about doing it? Well, it's patreon.com forward slash D football show uh, and just sign up to that one $5 tier. It's very easy. And if you would listen to the sound check perineum, mm-hmm. which is that little intro video before the show starts being recorded, Brody, you would have heard that plug already because <laughs> Mel made it. And <laughs> what I was going to say is on that show, I said, you had said it was going to be an easy win for uh, Liverpool, which it didn't end up being. And I said, watch it be three or four to one because Ivan Tony's going to score. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and it, yep. it, it eventually became easy. The, the start was fairly helter-skelter, <laughs> oh, to be gosh, honest yes. with you. It was, gosh, yes. um, but I never really got the feeling that Brentford were were super dangerous. I mean, that happened a lot. There was a lot of threatening to deceive this weekend um, from a, a fair few teams, to be honest with you, where yeah. – they had a ton of shots or or even a, a fair amount of shots on target, but they were relatively tame. You, you didn't really feel the danger there, you know, in, in a lot of those instances. And, and sometimes, occasionally, uh, in, in singular weekends, the stats do lie. Right. You know? And for, well, for Ivan Tony, that price tag just keeps going up. Absolutely. Summer. But I'm, I'm just, he's so. Gonna be, he's going to be a $100,000 guy. Yeah, hundred million. In this game, on paper, it looks like Brentford had a lot more of the play than they actually did. They really is, didn't. is what I'm saying. They they really didn't have a sniff, in, in in my opinion, at all. But just based on the eye test, do we think Tony's making a good shout for him to be playing in Europe? I yeah, I, mean, I think he should be playing in the Euros. It's yeah, it's going to be either him or Watkins, and Watkins is fine. I think they form. should take both of them because Ivan yeah. Tony also likes to drop deep as well. Yeah, you know, with Mason Mount hurt, he can cover two spots. Uh, it's fair. He could, yeah, be, you know, and, very good point. And if you want to bring James Madison instead of Connor Gallagher, or you know, I mean, Connor Gallagher has played very well in that deeper position. Also, kind of the Jordan Henderson, what would have been the Jordan Henderson role. Mm-hmm. Um, Couple that with the fact that Kevin Phillips has barely played, and when he has played, right. has not played well. So that, that that's going to leave an opening at that number ten position mm-hmm. um, as a backup to James Madison. So Ivan Tony can fill any number of those voids really um i think he's a very versatile player and uh as playing as a number nine though he does offer a very similar profile to what harry kane does in in terms of the way he plays but i think you could deploy him as a number 10 flat out he does a lot of defensive work for brentford he does track back a ton absolutely and so putting him midfield i wouldn't be terribly concerned by that i think that'd be a good move to be honest with you Mm -hmm. yeah agreed now they set the pace Right after that, Arsenal takes the pitch against uh, Burnley. Come on. And, oh, boy, did they answer. What was it, four minutes in? That, four uh, minutes in, it took Oda yeah. to Oda get us off the mark. Uh, and then we had a ton of chances. We only gave up one or two kind of half chances. They end, ended up with zero shots on target, uh, Burnley did. 
Um, Arsenal played a, a very comfortable, very professional, good game. And for once, were as ruthless as I wanted them to be. Um, it took us, though, until the 41st minute for Saka to get uh, goal number two. But then a minute and a half or something after halftime, right. goal number three. Bang. Yep. Put it to bed. And they did. Uh, Leandro Trossard on, on the score sheet again. Um, and then the uh, the final goal was from somebody. Kai, Kai Havertz. Havertz. Got another. Uh, very yeah. cool, calm, collected. So uh, the goal that began last week's uh, onslaught of West Ham, I believe it was that one. It might have actually, you know what? No, it was the first goal against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Havertz was cleaned through and shot. Allison saved Saka. Put it right. into the empty net. Um, this time, Kai Havertz actually <laughs> gathered himself, stayed composed, and finished that chance because it was almost a carbon copy, just clean through right. on his own. Uh, Allison obviously is a far better goalkeeper than Trafford, but uh, of course, you know uh, that you know it has to be said. Uh, he did finish the chance nonetheless. Sharing the scoring wealth. Now, this one is worth noting, though. In these eleven goals that you scored in the last two games, Martinelli not involved in any of it. I know. That's, that's got to be of everything you're going to be like come on man we'd like get, get a couple of assists like just being in and around it now yeah, he did he score sh- he two should, he should have gotten an assist he pulled yeah. back for Odegaard's goal nobody gave it to him I don't know if it took a deflection on the way through mm-hmm. but he intentionally passed that ball to Martin Odegaard in the center Right. I don't know why he wasn't given an assist. Uh, my brother actually lost a bet on DraftKings because of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Appreciate it. He hit every other piece of his Arsenal parlay except for a Martinelli assist. Yeah, there we go. Very good. Yeah. Now, but this... he, he's been – he offers so much more, though. Mm-hmm. You say that, and that's true. I'd like him to find his scoring boots again. <clears throat> but the outlet that he provides and the, the way he relieves pressure on our defense is – Oh, you have to pay attention to him. The minute he gets yeah. the ball on the outside, you have to focus on him. That has to him. be said also. Yeah, but, it would be doing him a disservice not mentioning the, the good right. work he does provide. But you also kind of, you know, be nice if there was some fucking production going along with it, especially how – like, I feel you. Because he was essentially a double-double guy last year with mm-hmm. uh, goals and assists, and him and Saka were right around the same, and it just it's tailed off for him this season. Yeah. It's been now he did have some injuries, but it's been a not the best season for him. Now yeah, he, again, enough. again, you're right; he does provide other things, but if you're thinking about the progression of your team, you'd like to see him kind of building that up and doing better. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love finishing the game out with the uh, the old song we had. Uh, mm-hmm. So most of the Burnley support was was gone, obviously, because mm-hmm. uh, it was 5-0. And it, uh, the, the away section was still completely full uh, with the tune of who put the ball in the Burnley net? Who put the ball in the Burnley net? Who put the ball in the Burnley net? Half our fucking team did. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. And uh, uh, the fact that it was able to be sung two weeks in a row is is absolutely brilliant for us. Excellent. Now, uh, one thing I'd like to finish this on real quick is big credit to Arteta uh, and how he's grown this team from last year. This team is focused and they are ready for a title run this year. Whereas last year, it seemed like they were just trying to hold on to their top spot, right? Hold on to their lead. Liverpool goes out there and puts up four. Arteta has a talk with the boys before the match because you could tell the way they were playing. That's a coach motivating his team right before they get on the pitch. Yeah. These last several games, you could tell that that is the coach's fingerprints all over that team, making sure they're doing... Because this is essentially the same team, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you added... Ryan Havertz, but for the most part, same fucking team as last year. Mm-hmm. And they look 
completely fucking different right now. Yeah. They look confident. They look ready to play. It, it's not these, you know, win 3-2 at, uh, against Bournemouth at the death, barely hang on to get a tie against Southampton. Like, that's like... Well, this that, is that's not what, that fucking team right well, now. That, that's what makes the, that West Ham result so disappointing over Christmas. Of course. Over that period, it was like, fuck, are we slipping back into this? Right. You know, are well, we doing what we did last season kind again, of thing? But they've responded brilliantly. As soon as that, that new year hit, we have responded absolutely fantastically. Yep. Um, now, the other the other piece of that, too, I saw uh, an article Somebody said no. Nobody's talking about this. The the kind of over celebrating stuff that that everybody, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville and everybody's mm-hmm. pissed off at us for. Um, you saw how Arteta was going crazy after the Community Shield win at the beginning of the season, and uh, it's not really a trophy anybody gives a fuck about. It's a essentially a charity game. It's a you know it's, right. it's nothing to really right home about honestly winning it is usually a curse mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right it typically is normally who wins the community shield does not, does win, not the win, win the league right um so what he is doing though and, and this is a take that i haven't necessarily heard from anybody else is that he's wants that winning feeling look how good this is see how good this feels to win this game regardless of whether or not you're supposed to feel that way Mm-hmm. And just let that breed the confidence and mentality. To, I want that fucking feeling again. I want like a mm-hmm. drug. He turned it into the sweetest drug on the planet. Yeah, yeah, right. And so all of this, like celebrating as hefty as we did after Liverpool and doing this, it's a, a what the the piece that I read was that they think that it's Arteta using celebrating as a conscious tactic to instill a mentality into the boys. And it's like looking in hindsight now after reading that, it's like that might actually be fucking true. Yeah. And it's genius. Yeah. If it is, it's absolutely fucking genius. It's you. It, I think we overlook coaching because we're always so quick to point out when coaching is bad. And we're always so quick to point out when coaching is good, when it's a team playing above their expectations. But at the top of the table, like we don't, always talk about like how fucking great pep is or how great fucking Klopp is as much of a pain in the ass as he is he's a great fucking coach oh yeah it's not just everybody scoring goals it's a lot to do with arteta and how he's motivating and moving that team absolutely and then there's a lot of goals scored from the bench as well a lot of (laughs) chances created from the bench Mm -hmm. so those players that are coming on are affecting the game they are changing the game in, in some instances so again City have an issue putting shots actually on target despite dominating everything. Every other statistical category. Everything. Possession, shots in total, way more shots. Problem was, none of them were on fucking goal. 31, mm-hmm. I think they had shots, to Chelsea's nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they only put seven on target. Yeah. And only four, three or four of them actually troubled the goalkeeper for, mm-hmm. for a moment. Um, Petrovic was, was, was say, decent I, in the game. I believe um, Chelsea outshot them on goal. Oh yeah, they in did the match. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Se- I think it might have been seven to five actually. Right. Um, but it was, it was a, a Sean Dyche masterclass from Chelsea. <laughs> it really it, was. <laughs> this is what Burnley did for six fucking years. Right. It, it was the ugliest game I've ever seen Chelsea play since Mourinho left. <laughs> to be honest with you, they completely parked the bus and just just kind of picked them off on the counter. 
and, and, and what a beautiful to... counter it was. Uh, the yeah. Sterling goal was excellent. They could have had a couple of more. Um, Enzo getting in the way of Nicholas Jackson was very funny. Mm-hmm. I thought his reaction was interesting, though. Nicholas Jackson was quite petulant. Uh, the little temper tantrum he threw when Endo got in the way of that. Uh, right. Like, of, and took so, the shot off him, essentially. Right. But as Endo Fernandez would have had the better angle running onto it. However, it's his weaker foot. And Nico Jackson's actually a striker on his strong foot. You should have probably left it. Enzo right. fucked up. But yeah, I mean, Chelsea just, they just uglied it up. They just hurried them. They stayed in their face. They were strong. They bullied them to a certain extent. And it seems like every single time City has their back against the wall and is having a hard time breaking somebody down, it's always a rip from Rodri. Yeah. It's always from Rodri. So it's always from him. One one of the funny, uh, not really funny, but one of the, the points I heard uh, uh, today on, on the radio was, Rodri seems to only score exclusively important goals. Yeah, it's it. It's like he doesn't. He never scores the fifth against Burnley. It's the equalizer against Liverpool. It's the opening goal of the Champions League final. It's the yep. You know whatever seems to be every single time. Only scores ultra important goals for the club, and that's it. (laughs) What a special skill! They needed. They somebody needed to fucking score because. I mean, even what was it? Um, the point could Holland, prove Holland missed a sitter. Oh, big time! Uh, a and, few. He had and, a couple of open headers, even put on target. By the way, why? Why Peter Jury is just a master at what he does, and why it is just liquid sex that comes out of his mouth. He was like Holland missing that chance that only comes once in a blue moon. I'm like. Damn right it is. Listen to you, you fucking wordsmith, you goddamn genius. And then afterwards, he went ball, 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 dang, 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 dong, ding, blue. It just, I was like, man, that was fucking styling, man. Yeah, so styling. He's awesome. Was it? Did Liverpool play Roma maybe in the Europa League or something? No, you know what? I think it was Rome. I think it was Rome, Barcelona. Look up that commentary, uh, and I think it was Peter Drury on the call. Uh-huh. But he said he said something along the lines of, uh, it was something along the lines of Rome wasn't built in a day, but it certainly was shattered when Messi's free kick went in or something like that. Jesus it, Christ. It's just like, it, you could tell that he kind of had an idea of a line he wanted to use, but the manner in which it was delivered, it was like half that had to be off the cuff. Right, it was it was brilliant, but I, I I'm pretty sure it was Rome and Barcelona in your uh, Europa League a couple of years ago. But, but look, that commentary up was excellent. So, final question: I asked you this about Liverpool and said, is the fact that they can't hold shutouts a weakness right now? Is this goal scoring drought? Is this cause for concern for City right now? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're they're again, as you say, they're they're coming into a, a bit of a harder point in the schedule um, where they're going to be facing other teams in that that top tier and if we're scoring goals for fun you know five four is a win Mm -hmm. five two is a win four two is a win three two is a win that's you know that could be concerning for them it's going to right now they've been at well that's what i'm saying yeah you know two one's a win as well um 
that it's more worrisome for them than it is for Liverpool. They're they're a bit of a leaky defense. Mm-hmm. They they've not kept. That's why I'm doing so poorly in fantasy. Mm-hmm. I expected Ederson, Kyle Walker, and Ruben Diaz to be getting me six points a week each, and they're mm-hmm. not. No, they're not. So that that defense being so leaky, <clears throat> coupled with a lack of scoring goals, is is troublesome. Yeah. It absolutely is troublesome. And uh, uh, the other thing worth you can leak all you want as long as you're scoring the goals, you're fucking fine. Right. You know, I mean, that, that's what we've talked about Fulham how many fucking times. They weren't scoring goals, but they were still getting results because mm-hmm. the defense was so good. Mm-hmm. Now the defense isn't that good mm-hmm. the last few games. And they've been on the shit under the stick on a couple of results because they're leaking. And if you're not going to score the goals, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing to finally mention, too, is the City. You know, everybody's going, oh, they got the game in hand. They got the game in hand. Well, that game in hand's in this week. And, they and it's should, Brentford. And they should beat Brentford, but Brentford gave them a hell of a time yep. the last time. And if you're having a hard time scoring and you have a keeper that has your number, that could equal disaster. But once oh, that's all... Flecken's said, been a... He yeah. has more saves in this month than any other keeper does in the season, I think. <laughs> it's, it's pretty <laughs> insane. And with that being said, the there's no longer that daunting game in hand hanging over your head anymore or hanging over Liverpool's head anymore. Absolutely. The final spot for Champions League is up for grabs and the two two sides swap again. And no, we're not including fucking Manchester United in this discussion. They're a bunch of fucking frauds. No, Sam, I heard they were back. Aston Villa 2, Fulham 1, Wolverhampton 2, Tottenham 1. Uh, Watkins with the brace at the right time. He's starting to find the scoring boots again, and that's big for uh, Villa. Yes, it absolutely is. But briefly, I do want to take a moment that if you are a member of Drunkard United FC, uh, our closed Facebook group, um, you will have seen this. If you are not, what are you doing? Get involved. That's where the good stuff is. That's Mm -hmm. where all the cool kids are hanging out. I do, however, want to apologize. I believe it was Taylor but it might have been Christian that put Ray's face on a man that was laying in bed. Mm-hmm. That's something I never wanted to see. So I did want to put the disclaimer out that <laughs> I apologize for that uh, in case you were offended or somehow otherwise made sick by it. I know you only want to see Ray sleeping in bed with you. We get it. Well, stud. Man United's not I mean, back. That is so. your best friend. Man United is not back. So that's all I wanted to say. Villa were excellent in this game, mm-hmm. uh, but Fulham were pesky. They oh, stuck yeah. around. They they oh. had a couple of chances. They, Emmy had to make a big fuck save yeah, at he, the end of that match. He was to preserve worried the a win. couple of times. I think yeah. uh, I think it was Dave Cordova Reed that put a ball, flashed it right across the face of the goal, and Emmy didn't know whether to come or go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but ultimately they just didn't have enough. The goal was brilliant though. Uh, Muniz's goal was fan fucking tastic. Another. That's now four games in a row, I believe he scored. This is it, what a little perfect news. Def- for a little touch that was. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't beat that. But uh, Villa's opener was a bit fortunate mm-hmm. um, in in terms of the way that the ball fell to Ali Watkins. But once it fell to him, it was all complete and utter skill. The excellent turn, perfect touch. The way he used his body to shield the ball and create the space. And then the actual strike itself. It is fucking textbook number nine play. It was yeah. absolutely brilliant from him. Um, both goals, honestly, were, were fantastic. But that one in particular was just all himself. Mm-hmm. Once he once the ball fell to him. It was, they try, I think it was Leon Bailey, I think, tried to pass the ball to him, deflected off of Willian. Willian tried to pass it to whoever was there, but his little touch, wrong-footed, his teammate, I forget who it was, and it ended up falling to Watkins. 
right? So it was a bit fortunate the manner in which the ball came to him. Mm -hmm. But once that happened, man, I'm, it's all fucking skill. It was it was absolutely brilliant, and they should show that in every training camp on the face of the earth yeah. for anyone U twelve and under. And I gotta say that's that's the kind of win Villa's been needing yeah, for definitely. a while now. And away so. from home as well. It, it's it'll a lot of our, our very a very small two game slump. Yeah, but still it, it's big. And and it ended up working out well for you because you moved yourself back into the Champions League spot yeah, because we're back at top of the league in fourth. <laughs> because it would yeah. surprise you to hear that Spurs get everybody back healthy, everything should be going well. They've looked good for a couple of matches. And they fuck it right off again. Oh, Absolutely. God, you hate to see that. I, I don't. <laughs> I love it. It's brilliant. As a Spurs supporter. If Arsenal supporter, can't win watching Spurs do this, make it fantastic. A Spurs supporter has to be banging their head against the wall. Now, I'll preface this. Wolves are real damn good. They're a decent fucking side. They're organized. Yeah. And, and they're going, and, and I, you know what, I have it in my second comment, but we'll go ahead and talk about it now. They're going to be a tough out for anybody the rest of the yeah. season. It does not matter if they are on the road. It does not matter if they are at home. They will be a tough out for every team. If you see Wolves on your schedule, no, you might not come out of that with uh, all three points. What was very important about this game, though, is it's the first one without uh, Mateus Cunha, mm -hmm. um, which is huge. But, uh, that they got this but result. Wang was healthy and Wang right back right. in. Neto, Neto actually looked brilliant. Uh, missed a sitter, actually. <laughs> but the the way in which I'm I'm just saying, Cunha's been their best player all season. Oh, of course. And the way that they played without him in this match will mm -hmm. give them a shit ton of confidence. An absolute shit ton of confidence. Yeah. Um, the first half was pretty boring, honestly, uh, until Gomez rifled in that header. Uh, to the far corners, fantastic, and that really did lively the game up. Oh, of course, um, drew Spurs out. That's that's what the game called for. It was the old cliche of this game needs a goal? That game, that game desperately, desperately needed, needed a goal. goal, and it finally came. Uh, like I said, in, in that manner, and then things opened up a bit because you had um, you had Spurs at home, obviously being jeered on by the crowd. Sans back, everything else having to come forward which created those spaces in the back for Wolves to run into and Pedro Neto especially to run into and create and try to do things um, and it, it made for the second half being absolutely fantastic yeah. uh, of a spectacle uh, and Kulisevsky equalizing right after halftime really helped that along as well because mm -hmm. um, Wolves went oh shit well, like, kind of shell shocked and like let's go get this back and then they ended up doing it yeah precisely and uh, it, again I I was thinking, honestly, and I said I feel like Villa will probably be the team that slides off, but if there's not going to be any consistent consistency with Spurs and, you know, Everton set that blueprint, fuck with Vicario on corners, he can't handle them, right? Yep. And a team like, like, if you're going to be in Champions League, you beat Wolves and you beat Everton. You beat them. That's what you're supposed to do. Yep. You beat them, and they didn't. And they got all the talent in the world, and everybody's healthy. I just know if they can't get out of their own fucking way. The best thing I saw uh, out of this was, uh, you know what optimism is. Mm -hmm. Looking at the cup half full. You know, pessimism is looking at the cup half empty. Spurs, what's a cup? Rounding up the rest of the league in oh, so that happened. 
Newcastle 2, Bournemouth 2, Forest 2, West Ham 0, Brighton 5, Sheffield 0, Man U 2, Luton 1, Everton 1, Palace 1. Uh, Magpies have to scrape again for a single point at home for the second time in a row. That's not good yeah. for them at St. James's Park. No, it's not. And it's not going to breed a ton of confidence going into the game against Arsenal, especially because one of those goals was a penalty. Right. Um, and I thought a relatively soft one. I don't disagree. Personally, I've seen those how many times? I mean, his jersey was being pulled, absolutely. It is a pen. I agree with that. But how many times have we seen that even on VAR review this season not get called? I remember back when uh, Solomon Rondon was still with our team in a Brentford match where his jersey was literally pulled completely over top of his head <laughs> yeah. like a hockey fight. Yeah. And the ref didn't call it in the box. Exactly. For a it, it just, so I, I find it a bit unfortunate and a bit of a, a case <laughs> of charity, to be honest with you, because there, there are a number of occasions where shirt pulls are not called right. um, in this league, and it fucks uh, teams out of points on a regular basis. I kind of wanted it to fuck Newcastle out of points here, but it didn't. <laughs> Anthony Gordon, I, but you know what? Anthony Gordon's say, penalty was very good, though. I mean, I, he, uh, it was a nice strike. Well done. He's, I think, the pressure of being a boyhood Everton kid and being what was supposed to be the savior of the club. Yeah, I think it's done him good to get away. I think it's done him a oh, world of good to get away. Absolutely. And he's matured immensely from last year to this year. Like. It was, you know, last year was like, you bought him for 40 million? Thanks for the 40 fucking million. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, he's proven to be worth every fucking well, penny of that look, transfer fee now. So think also of like, now Eddie Howe, when they were first in the league, Bournemouth were fairly organized mm -hmm. uh, defensively. They had Nathan Ake. They had a few players that were very good. Mm -hmm. But most of their play came via the wings and came in quick counters and, and came in some decent footballing kind of context. You think of like Ryan Frazier for that. Well, exactly. And Ryan Frazier's best year of his entire career were under Eddie Howe. So I almost thought there might have been a Ryan Frazier resurgence when Eddie Howe got hired as Newcastle manager. <laughs> and there was to an extent. I think he had two goals right. where he hadn't scored for about six or eight months or some shit. Right, right. Um, but that's Anthony Gordon is very much that kind of player that running through the channels you know kind of off that left wing cutting mm -hmm. in on his right foot towards goal Eddie Howe's system seems to suit a player like Anthony Gordon Fair. um where Sean Dyche his system does not yeah um Frank Lampard didn't have a system <laughs> no so what are you going to develop there <laughs> uh and then Raf would be too busy telling him what to do that he wouldn't even be able to train. You're not wrong. Uh, had he come through at that stage. So I think it's a, a pretty important thing for him to uh, be in the system that he's in and, and develop properly. I think you're absolutely right getting away from the toxicity that was Everton uh, at the time. Um, uh, important for his mental health and important for his development. Uh, Dominic Solanke, another goal, 13, yep. third in the league. He's really starting to kind of rub me as one of those like Darren Bent, Jermaine Defoe types that, you know... Aren't going to play for England, but very much should be in the conversation. And they're just going to score fucking goals for their team. Like, they're going to yep. they're gonna put up double-digit goals every fucking season for their team. And I have a feeling he's done it now twice in, in the Premier League since coming back up. And he'll probably do it for another couple, two, three years. Yeah. He'll be just slot on, boom. And, and, and I don't even really see him as, like, that type of striker that, like, a big six club is going to go for. 
No. I think he's got his perfect home. Although he's he's down our list, apparently. Mm-hmm. He's like fourth or fifth on our list if we can't get the targets we were looking for. Right. Uh, Ivan Tony's up, up up there as number one or number two. Victor Osman, the Nigerian, is mm-hmm. up there as well as, uh, you know, kind of with Ivan Tony's number one or number two. But fourth or fifth on that list, supposedly, is Dominic Solanke for us. Uh, hey, but ultimately... It doesn't strike me as a great idea, personally. Yeah. Some, hey. some people are kind of bought in on that idea. I'm not. They're like, oh, it could save us sixty million. Like, yeah, but is he gonna get us over the line? I don't fucking think so. He's not gonna be the starting ten for you. No. I mean the I mean the starting nine for you, and he's <coughs> he's gonna probably you know what, score ten goals for you all in substitute appearances. Yeah, exactly. What, I just we, don't what, see it. What I think Arsenal supporters would expect is that he would come in and score twenty five, and that's not the type of player he is. Well, exactly. And that's why I don't <laughs> fancy him for, for, for us um in, in those particular rumors. The other thing I want to say about Newcastle here that's not going to fill anybody with a ton of confidence is if your equalizing goal is scored by some lucky-ass Matt Ritchie shit, <laughs> you know you're riding by the skin of your teeth. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? That uh, hit about 16 people before it came back and hit him again to go in the back of the that's no, fucking man. weird, that I, goal. I guarantee you Short <laughs> Billy's going to have something to say about that when he I hears mean, the show. He can say it all he wants. Matt Rich is about 45 years old, and he that ball would have gone out for a throw-in initially had it not deflected off two people, bounced in the air 40 yards, and then came down and just happened to hit Matt Ritchie on his heel while I he was looking in the wrong fucking direction. As massive of <laughs> a loss last week at the city ground was for uh, Forrest, this was that massive of a win this week for them. That, yeah. I mean, that I mean, West Ham helped them. West Ham certainly helped them, but Forest has not been winning at that ground. And if they want to stay up, this gave them some cushion. This was a big one, you know. Yeah, they they won. Luton lost. This was a big one. For it's a them. big deal. West Ham didn't do much with the possession they had. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, Forest were very good value for money. Anthony Alanga was played like a man possessed. I think he had four shots on target by himself. Um, was very good. Uh, I won't use goal just as good as Ollie Watkins, and if not better, honestly, that ball was rifled into him. The the first touch was absolutely brilliant. The turn was excellent. Kept his balance and was able to to rifle home. It was it was very fu- very technically a good goal from uh, Taiwan Abunyi. Um. Also, the other thing worth mentioning, the wheels are falling off the bus for the irons right now. Yeah. Completely falling 100%. off the bus. 100%. Now, it, I mean, it's Now, easy. that being said, they're in eighth place. It's easy for the wheels to fall off when the mechanic is Calvin Phillips. <laughs> Somebody forgot to tighten a couple of lug nuts. I can promise you that. What an abysmal start to a career at a club, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, in Responsible get- for multiple goals, sent off, and it was absolutely deserved, in my opinion, in, in, in this case. Well, you, get, the, that, the you get that first yellow, don't put yourself in and about a tackle very quickly after, because if you do, you're already on the ref's mind, and he it's may be stupid. very quick to pull that second but card. The, the best thing from this whole game, to be honest with you, uh, the best thing from this whole game was that 92-year-old supporter I shared prior to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show tonight uh, in in that same closed group, Drunk United FC on Facebook, the um, gave up her season ticket because she was losing her eyesight. Thought it'd be better served going to somebody that could see the game, basically. But mm-hmm. before she passed, she just wanted to hear their song one more time, like you know, prior to kickoff. And um, and so somebody associated with the club made it happen, and she was pitch side as the entire stadium rang out sung to her that so i was fucking yeah. uh, and she's got a little got a little you know welling up a little bit it was it was fucking brilliant it, that's 
that's the be- I was again taking my you know pre-show shit right mm-hmm. before I left the house crying on the toilet again <laughs> as, as I watched some pull your heartstrings Facebook football video Melissa Houston I've got a lot going on over here is her yeah. story crying while I'm shitting the Sam Graham story <laughs> no shit every time I sit down it's like the algorithm knows I'm taking a shit and it's just like puppy video weepy shit yeah. puppy seeing their uh, deployed masters coming home like uh, fuck the, the the Baltimore Hammers were brilliant. They sent us a video on the on the closed group as well yes. of them singing a song, slagging off Moyes and how it's all going to shit. Uh, we were talking last week about Moyes and um, or as we call it, smoky porn. <clears throat> right. We were we were talking about Moyes and um, the past managers. You know, Big Sam and uh, Pellegrini, where they had really good success, but it wasn't very attractive style of football. And that you know maybe you guys should be happy with the fact like this guy won you a fucking you know, European title, but a, a title you haven't won in a very long time. Any title you haven't won in a very long time. <laughs> Scotty uh, sent me this message. Just caught up on the podcast. You're 100% correct in your assessment, and I'm 100% going to continue to bitch about it because I'm a whiny, insufferable little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. At least he's self-aware. <laughs> Just like, be like, yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Don't care. We're still going to bitch about it. So here's here's the other problem, and this is uh, arguably somebody else's assessment because we're not obviously as close to some of the detailed proceedings as the English media are. So it's uh, something I heard on another show, but I think it speaks volumes. The uh, Dildo Brothers are kind of back and forth as to whether or not to offer Moyes a new contract. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of got everybody in limbo, like. Do is he going to be the guy? Do we support the guy? Are we voicing our frustrations? What are we going to do? Like the ownership needs to take the initiative to say one way or the other because it is their responsibility. And as supporters, we sometimes just have to live with those decisions. Is this going to be the guy? Or isn't this going to be the guy? Are you going to renew his contract or aren't you? David Moyes is out at the end of the season. We're going to stick with him. You know, there are no chance of relegation, really, realistically. Right. right. So. We're going to choose to not renew his contract. Now, if he wants to step away right now, he's more than welcome to do so. But we'd like him to continue on through the end of the season. We'd like to why go not after just, a Europa title. Why where, not just finalize that? Yeah, it's not hard. Why, why not do that? And you can't why not say, say that that's or this effect. is our guy and extend the contract. At least you mm-hmm. give the supporters an idea of what you're going to do. And you can't say this, you know, you can say, hey, players are professionals. They need to fucking, you know, ignore this shit. You can't ignore this shit. They're human beings, man. You can't ignore this shit because if he's not your guy, it's either, you know, the farewell ride like you're getting with uh with with old Yergi Yergi boy, Windy man. Or or people just check out like, uh-huh. well, you're not going to be here next year. I don't know if I'm going to be here next year. I need right. to worry about my health. I need to worry about my value. Exactly. You know, <laughs> Calvin Phillips is doing just that. He got three. He got a game off. <laughs> Very Fucker. good. Uh, <laughs> what a horrific tackle from Holgate. I can't believe that that was just a yellow and they had to go look at it. So the only thing I can think is that he saw the ball get got. I mm-hmm. guess by his trailing leg. I don't know that he was in the best angle to see the the co- actual contact of his boot. Yeah, on Matoma's thigh. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, because that trailing leg does get the ball, and the ball goes rolling in the opposite direction. Right. So okay, cleaned him out. Yellow card. Like I can understand that initial thought. This this is where VAR was in good use because the players were still fighting, 
and he was running over to the monitor because the VAR was already in his ear. Nah, you got to look at that. Yep. That's, <laughs> nope, that's a red. That's a red. <laughs> that's a definite that's, red. That's a red. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I made the joke on uh, uh, online that uh, the South Yorkshire police should probably get called uh, because there was an attempted maiming. And then I was very quickly put in my place, I believe by Shore Billy, actually, that reminded me that the last time the South Yorkshire police got involved in a footballing matter, um, uh, there was no justice for 96 people for 30-odd years. <laughs> I said, then, you're then, absolutely right. And then David Gecko, I believe, said, do you really think South Yorkshire police actually, uh, you know, do any do anything? Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And I, uh, I, you're 100%. It was, it was horrible. I mean, it was... What it was ridiculous. I mean... You're supposed to be a professional footballer. The fact that you are running full bore at this ball and manage to whiff is a problem in and of itself. Right. But to then make contact, full, complete contact, with the middle of your foot into the thigh of the opponent. Could have snapped his fucking bone into. I mean, it was that fucking hard of a hit. If it wasn't his femur... Matoma's leg would have been broken. If that was his knee, it would have fucking... You would have saw the bottom part of his leg fucking just dangling. 100%. It absolutely was. it was terrible it was absolutely fucking terrible i mean it it uh, i joke around that was fucking assault he was that it was, absolutely was it was, was, it was horrific and uh for holgate he hadn't been getting any time at everton since uh ancelotti he did real well under ancelotti and then he has been very poor since got sent to southampton on a loan southampton went no you can have him back <laughs> we don't need him. We're all good. You you can have him back. Well, here's the other thing. He's obviously dumb, mm-hmm. Mason Holgate, because you know he's he's an agent of Everton, mm-hmm. out and about. Well, Brighton are too far above you for you to catch them, so injuring Matoma is not going to help. But getting sent off for somebody so far below you doesn't really help either, right? So, agent Holgate just took himself out of the equation for the important games, R- right? Which is coming up. <laughs> Yeah, it just makes you should no be sense. trying to take out Eze yeah, just... or Awonyi again, right? Or whoever you know, if you're going to play, you know, double crossing lone man uh, to save your your parent club. But instead, he it's just what a bonehead. I wouldn't be surprised and if the three match ban gets actually upped. I would be honest be with surprised you. either. This too, it didn't matter that that red card and sending off happened. Seagulls were dominating from the get. They dominated from there on out. They yeah. absolutely manhandled Sheffield. Oh, 100%. That, that absolutely helped. But Sheffield weren't showing anything that were going to change change this result other than maybe it was only going to be 3-0. It, it's funny because we talk about the just... The, I won a lot of money on this game, too, the by the way. massive turd they took in the middle of the field two weeks ago. Then they go to Luton. They play their asses off and look good and look like there's some fight. And then you turn right back around and you throw in this absolute dog shit of a performance i it mean just, it, it makes absolutely no sense and um uh what's his how do you pronounce his name uh anal uh amadozic yeah amadozic i believe so. their captain mm-hmm. uh anel is probably how you pronounce mm-hmm. it but um i'm gonna call him anal uh because apparently he doubled down in the post-match i don't know if you saw this no i did not still don't see why it's a red card for mason holgate wow. now we should point out, uh huh. He he's one of the ones that pays for Twitter. <laughs> Needless to say, he has some spicy viewpoints. <laughs> Shocker! And his guess, first name's Anal. Let me guess. 
him and Joey Barton follow each other <laughs> and I like a lot of what they have to say. Wouldn't surprise me, <laughs> uh, to be completely honest with you. Um, I mean, it's just, it was pitiful. There's, I have an opinion on uh, you, Crystal Palace, and Sheffield United. <laughs> And I'll wait to tell you that until we cover your game at the end of the show. Okay, very fair. I, I can go with that. Uh, United score early, but they have to fucking barely hang on. It's a weird fucking game, this one. It really was. It it's a really weird fucking was. Game. Luton obviously gave another great account of themselves. Right. As you say, that United were kind of hanging on. Um, I was surprised to learn that... that Manchester United had nine shots on target. I mean, I watched this entire match, and I didn't feel like they were particularly dangerous. Right. I do enjoy a chested goal, though. Mm-hmm. We got one of those. Rasmus Hoyland yep. um, uh, got a chested goal. Holland had used normal parts of his body and couldn't score, so. R- right, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> we're back, bitches. <laughs> Psych. Uh, <laughs> then, um, obviously, it, it almost felt like a smash and grab. Like they, they gra- except for it was like a smash in the first you know four minutes and then- yeah instead of right at the end right they they walked in they smashed the jewelry case they stole the watch they wanted and then they sat there and talked to the clerk for a bit until the cop car pulled up and then they ran and away. then they ran away <laughs> it's weird but I, I just I I never thought United were particularly dangerous after those opening two goals. They had a couple of breaks in the second half, but Kaminsky made nice saves but that was to it. keep them out. Yeah, and there was nothing really of note, to be honest. I often, you know, I kind of listen to what you know commentators say and where they are, and if they're kind of if if we're on right track, if we're thinking kind of the same way. And we talked about it last week. We we're like, United are frauds. Don't believe it. Yeah, I just don't believe it. And they, Rebecca asked them both at the desk, like, and they're like, no. They're like, oh, should they, do you think they got a shot at Champions League? No. no. Sure don't. No, there's nothing about them that's impressive. Like, Robbie Harrell's just like, no, they're not doing anything that shows you any any real sign other than, other than they're getting three points. That's the only thing they're doing. The player of the season for me so far is, is Maynew, that young kid. He's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's dragged them out of a lot of t- uh, sticky situations. Um, this this whole game kind of just as I was watching it, the first thing that came to mind, and it's a reference for the kids, is the early Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. It's like if you got two battalions of stormtroopers to try to shoot at each other. <laughs> and the best thing that happened is the goal standing still because they couldn't fucking hit it to save their lives. Yeah. I was very surprised when I looked at the stats, and I said this to you pre-show. Actually, between the two teams, 13 out of the 43 shots were on target, which is roughly, it's just over 30%. And I was very surprised to learn that. And you were like, because it sure as hell didn't, didn't feel like, it, like it. Yeah, it didn't feel like it at all. I was very surprised. Uh, now we talk about Luton uh, having pew, pew, a good pew, account, pew, yeah, pew, pew. <laughs> having a good account of themselves, but they're starting to crack, man. They're starting to get beat in their building, and that's yeah. their, if they're going to want to stay up. Results in that building at the end of the year are going to matter. Very fucking important, and it's also recently announced that they're going to be moving grounds in the next couple of years as well. So make these memories at Kenilworth Road while you can. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. You got to shore that place up as, as fast as you can. It a- needs again. to be an absolute fortress. Yep. It has to be a fortress. 
But um, I, I still think they did a lot of good things in this game, and I think they'll be comfortable going into those you know last couple months of the season, where you know they're they're just a bit more. Um, they've got a bit about them there. They're they're starting to to play, right? You know what I mean. Were those first five, six, seven, eight games of the season? Not largely wasn't at home, but they were just getting their ass fucking handed to them. It was pitiful. But uh, uh, uh what's his name? Not Gary O'Neill, the other one. Gary O'Neill's Wolves. What's his name? Rob Elliott, the manager of Luton. Uh, I'm I fucking spazzing? blanking. I'm blanking. <laughs> it is Rob. I forget. I'm blanking. Whatever. But I don't know why I'm spazzing. Continue. But he's he's got them. He's got the energy levels in the team he's got the the desire and the willingness to run and to try and to do things and did, didn't help Adebayo uh Adebayo was out this game as mm-hmm. well um I think it could have been a bit different had they had uh their main man up front um but he, he's got a very good feeling uh about the place I've never seen a loss like this at home and the team gets clapped off mm-hmm. the fans are right behind him they've got a real good feeling there yeah so I, I think they'll be there thereabouts. I mean, they're, they're still not a very good team, though. Yeah, uh, true. And, and y'all's draw is we're going to come on to next. Obviously took you out of the relegation zone and put them mm-hmm. in it. Um, so it's they're in a tight spot, you know. But I, if, if Palace don't win, like, two out of the next three, they're in the very fucking thick of it. Right. Uh, um, and I think Luton can gain some confidence from that as well as as you guys yeah well here's where something that um as we move on to that match after the match the uh the desk for uh nbc sports was like oh yeah they made the new manager change they'll be fine they'll be fine they got a point today they're five points out of safety i'm like no they won't and um real simple this was a dog shit match everton started to push in the second half iu scored a fantastic goal credit where credit is due i don't think if he scores that goal Everton probably would have scored because they were starting to push the narrative and probably would have won. But instead, because they went behind, Everton had to scrape and and barely get away with the draw and was not impressive. Neither team looked good in this match. So that's all I have to say about that. I'll let you have your thoughts, but then I have other thoughts to talk about, which is more about the state of both of those teams. Okay. Um, so watching this game and... I'm going to couple in Sheffield United's performance, as I told you before, with that as well. Uh, Both of uh, Everton and Crystal Palace's part, um, since I've made a 1970s movie reference, I'm going to make a mid-90s movie reference now and bring Mm -hmm. it a little bit closer to normal uh, uh, times here. Um, Billy Madison. Yes. Do you remember the end of the movie when he went on that diatribe on stage when he was trying to get his degree? Thank you, Miss Lippy. Yeah, and the host of the proceedings mm-hmm. said something along the lines of, I don't understand the dribble that just came out of your mouth. Um, we all are actually stupider for having heard what you've had to say here today. May God have mercy May on God your soul. May God have mercy on your soul. Blah, 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 blah. That was this game. Uh, the only sentence I wrote is, both teams should be ashamed of themselves and probably docked points for having had all of us watch that absolute draw. So, oh, it was a horrible uh, game. And I include, again, Sheffield United in that sentiment. Um, this was worth at least three points for me from all three of your clubs. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking pitiful. It was bad. Ugh. It was bad. The The new coach coming in, uh, former Rangers manager, it's... I think they'll be okay missing Mark Gay because 
Chris Richards is slotted in just fine next to Joachim Anderson, so that should be okay. Chenk Decore. Did he coach Rangers as well? Yeah, yeah, that's, I believe so. It was Rangers. Huh. It might have been Celtic. I, I could be no, wrong. No, no, no. He also coached in Austria and Germany. Mm-hmm. I didn't know okay. he coached in the UK at all. Yeah, I believe he coached it. I uh, think Paris, his... Is what they were saying. <clears throat> Munchen Gladbach maybe was his last job. I don't yeah. remember exactly. They've mm. been missing him all year. There's nothing you can do about that, right? But it feels like Richards will be fine. Could have brought be fine somebody with, in in January. They'll be fine without... Nobody brought anybody in in January because everybody's afraid of what happened to Everton's well, I mean, going to happen to fucking them. That's fair. But... Richards will be fine there. If he does not have Ezzy and Elise, they are fucking going down. If they're not healthy, <laughs> that team is fucked. Because that team cannot produce offense without one of the two, if not both of the two, on the fucking pitch. Yeah, I mean, it, it is that fucking simple. It's that dire. You're absolutely right <clears throat> for them. I mean, it all comes down. And the worst part about it for them is it used to only be one player. They lived and died by Wilf. Mm-hmm. Now, they live and die by two people, and both of them are unfit. Now, the uh, the big thing for the Toffees that we find out is a few things. One, um, a, a Saudi consortium that um, allegedly killed a fucking member of the American press um, got approved uh, to be owners of a club faster than the group, the 777 group has been. Because, you know, finance bros, they're the worst. <laughs> like, I mean, you've seen Wolf of Wall Street. They are pretty bad. They're still waiting to, like, <laughs> they still haven't approved it yet. And Everton keeps loaning, getting money loaned. If they don't approve the deal, 777's already said, we're going to turn right back around and go, we want our fucking money back, Everton. And they're going to be real fucked then. You think they're in financial problems now, Right. right? be a real fucking problems then well the finance bros you know what the worst part is is i don't understand why they haven't just sent margot robbie into the negotiations you know exactly. i mean a little aussie wink smile uh mm-hmm. from that blonde bombshell and i think the deal will get done pretty fucking quick figure it all out <laughs> we are supposed to finally figure out what has come from the appeal in the next two days is what we have now been told and in fact sky sports has been already notified of what the ruling is well, then do your job as journalists and fucking release fucking the information. Report it. Um, which brings me to this. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Jamie Carragher uh, posted this as a, as a tweet um, about a week ago. And I don't disagree with what he said. What is the holdup on the appeals decision regarding Everton's 10-point deduction? Two weeks have passed, and well, now it's been three. And it's surely a matter of urgency for Everton and the clubs around them. I'm sure they and the PL know their decision by now. Are the PL waiting until after Everton's home game on Monday because they fear a reaction? I think absolutely they do. I don't think we're getting anything back. <laughs> I think we're getting fucked. Could be. Um, or you're getting enough back to put you over Palace. Yeah. <laughs> and they fall deeper into it. And they, I, I don't think we're getting anything back, man. I'm terrified now. You absolutely could be. Uh, yeah. Uh, correct about that. I, I I don't know what to do because this is this is, entire process is unprecedented, yeah. and I think personally it's gone about the entire wrong way. And the Everton and Forest charges that are up currently are supposed to be solved and taken care of before the end of March. The appeals may not be heard or finalized until the twenty fourth of May. There's a problem there. 
the last week of the season or the season's already done. The I haven't looked at the schedule. The season's already fucking done. Right. And this is why you handle these disciplinary issues during the summer. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the results. Everybody knows where they stand at the start of the season, the first t- the first moment the ball's kicked. We know what we got to do. Appeals have been heard. Everything's finished. It's over. The matter is done. And this, this for me, and I've said this from the beginning of this entire process, hurts the integrity of the league yeah. and the competition in, in, in my eyes. This is Do Luton to- play the same way against Manchester United if they know that Everton's getting five points back? Or if they're getting docked an extra two? Do they, what do they, what's their, how do they go about their business? Right. Does Palace risk Olise a few weeks ago if they're not worried about Everton getting five points back and potentially, mm-hmm. you know, overtaking them? Does you know, whoever go about their business in, in the manner that they're going about it with without a definite result here. It, it affects multiple teams. It affects, it, obviously it affects you all the worst. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, is the broader picture is it hurts the integrity of the league. It compromises the integrity of the league. And it, those corruption banners you all held up, uh, papers you all held up, signs you held up, seems to be ringing true for me. Not wrong. Sure money. Well, as sure as the Premier League is corrupt, I lose another bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my cup of losers. Fucking Newcastle. Yet again, fucking Newcastle. Absolute dumpster fire, these cunts. Okay. Go ahead and uh, put that into the cup of losers. Cause I, I got it. Because I don't need to put anything in the cup of losers. It's almost as if Steve Bruce is back in charge. <laughs> Get me a sausage roll and I'm going to have a cry on the toilet. <laughs> Love when things come full circle, Mel. <laughs> I hit again and I continue to chip away and I am now down only $244. Big Sam's Luck of the Week. 23.076923% of the time. Works 100% of the time, Mr. <laughs> Graham. Um, I'm going to do another small parlay. I'd, like I said, I just want to keep just nicking away at the uh, at the uh, deficit here. And I am going to go with Liverpool to win and over three and a half goals versus Luton because it is at Anfield. Yeah. I think this is a three to one or a four to one uh, for me because okay, I do think enough. Liverpool's going to give up a goal. And Salah's back, <laughs> and that's on <laughs> that Wednesday. Helps. And then I am taking Wolves to beat Sheffield over the weekend at plus one ninety eight. Okay, there you go. So two separate bets, and it's a parlay. Oh, you parlayed it. Oh, yeah, oh so the it's total three, is. Yeah, I gotcha. It's a it's a three gamer. I mean, it's a three parlay because there's two things on the first game and one thing on the second game. Got it. But nice and easy. Nothing nothing too crazy. Nothing major. Okay. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend Pat's pick of a week. As another ninety reference comes in here, back to back winning weekend. Psych. <laughs> We're bringing the psych back. Uh, this is uh, old Pat's email. Quote, I thought my bet was looking good until Tottenham had to screw with me, uh, screw me with a loss. So I'm down $1,670. And this week, I'm just taking one winning bet on one team. I like Crystal Palace over Burnley, and I'll risk $105 to win 100 Palace beat Burnley 2-0 earlier this season at Turf Moor, so I like my chances this weekend at Selhurst Park. You ladies and gentlemen, have a good week, and good luck in your gambling. 
Not a bad bet. It's <laughs> going to be the new manager bump. Yeah. I tend to agree. I tend to agree with it. Could be, yeah. yeah. I, I, Burnley are in such a bad way. Yeah. Burn, and we didn't really talk about it as much. Burnley are in a really bad way. Mm-hmm. We more, I, I, excuse me, more gloated on Arsenal. Obviously. Fair oh, enough, That was the point. Honestly, it was the point to talk about. We have had, as uh, games have gone on throughout a season each year, <laughs> when a team starts to just get real bad, it's like, what are you going to say? I, yeah, they're uh. bad again. <clears throat> um. I did enjoy though, and thought about signing up and inviting uh, uh, Brett as our plus one, as my plus one, mm-hmm. uh, for JJ Watt's little contest. <laughs> I did see that. To get over to Burnley's. <laughs> Apparently, Burnley's a great night out, as we saw from his Instagram stories a few months ago. Yep, exactly. Which I can oh. live with that. Um, but but the the key thing Mel and I would want to know is if we went over there with JJ, do we get to play a game of tag? Let's play tag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Green, uh, what do you got for your bet? The other uh, the other piece to that, though, is I am worried that if I wanted to go out for my 16th pint with JJ, I might try to get converted or something. <laughs> There's some point in the night or you will definitely try to saved. tackle. Yeah. You will definitely try to tackle him at some point in the night. Who, JJ? Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> He's going down, too, motherfucker. <laughs> It's going to be the comedy. All night, him walking around and you just bouncing off of him <laughs> Mid-conversation, here's Grip. Ah! Smack right off of him. I think I could do some damage. He's retired now. Uh, so I'm now down $1,147 because of the fucking dumpster fire that is Newcastle. Um, Not good gambling. No, sure wasn't. Uh, so this week, I all I've got is seven legs to save the day. Excuse me. I've got Liverpool. Nine way parlay. Seven. I've got Luton. uh, (laughs) Fuck. Now I can't read. I've got Liverpool to beat Luton with over two and a half goals and Mohamed Salah to score on Wednesday. City to win over Brentford on Tuesday. Villa to beat Forest. Brighton to beat Everton and Arsenal to beat Newcastle. And that seven legger uh, brings me plus 767 on a $100 bet. Get it the fuck together, Sam. Oh, it's coming together. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to storm right into the wind in these last two months of the three months of the season uh, with no problem as usual. Do you remember what uh, Everton did later in the season last year when they went to Brighton? Not, I uh, don't remember what you did at Brighton. I remember you lost to us 5 0 on the final day, though. Yeah, well, we kicked the ever loving shit out of Brighton <laughs> when we went into their building last year. Yeah, I don't think you're a gunner this time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're probably not, but I no, just want to put that little doubt yeah, in your head. I think that, no, there's no doubt. I'm fine. <laughs> Not good gambling. We already used the you button. It's kind you of know what, out now. You know what is good Actually. gambling? I was well. I'm doing it for oh, the you're fucking setting yourself up. It's yeah. not always wow. for you, there, stud. Who pitches to themselves? Oh, I was. I mean, I was just gonna say he argues with Adam, but you never argue with a chicken. <laughs> Mel for the win. <laughs> well, Kitty's run has come to an end with Forest win and sits at 14 and 10. So this week, I gave Kitty Man United hosting Fulham. Now, Kitty showed me a picture of her and Harry Styles from Kenilworth Park this past weekend for Man mm. U's victory over Luton. Oh, shit. Now, would it surprise to hear you? That John Benson, man of mystery, took that photo 
Excuse me, International Man of Mystery. Get it fucking right. Fuck John off. Benson, International <laughs> Man of Mystery, took that photo. Well, no, wouldn't surprise what me. What happened after I left? What was this circle jerk like over here? <laughs> oh, John and John and Kitty hit it off because it was like a who's who, which concerts they went to, oh, who yeah. had better seats, who knows Taylor Swift more. There was a lot of conversations going on yeah, with them. I think they're dating, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> now, John has no ties to this match, but Harry is a Massive United supporter. Uh, so Kitty is definitely taking them to beat Fulham and win their. This can't be right. Their sixth match in a row? Yeah, it would be their sixth How match in a row. Very Fulhamish. And uh, do you know what is extra Fulhamish? What's that? Remembering to gamble legally and responsibly. Fantastic. Well, that is going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Mr. Graham, any parting words? If Benson's dating Kitty. <laughs> Uh -huh. I just, I, sorry, Benson, that just came out of my mouth before I thought the meme was over now. I was saying, got to watch himself because there's a, a fox with a can of Red Bull and a pack of smokes <laughs> and a broken bottle of Tito's <laughs> that might have an issue Mayfields. with it. <laughs> Tony oh, Mayfield. good Lord, what did I just start? I, I wonder. Got 10 jellies, I'll be fine. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I wonder if... Um, I'm just remembering more lyrics now, <laughs> dickhead. Uh, I'm. I. I wonder if he. Their first dance uh, was. Uh, what? What? Chicken. Chicken. What? What? Chicken. <laughs> All right. Good. Parting words there, stud. I, all you. I know. It, it would have been funnier 30 seconds ago. But then I'm just uh, now. I'm got Buckfast Rhapsody in my head, <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about lyrics from that song. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't really have any parting uh, words. There's your parting words. Because. <laughs> yeah. Cause everything's fine. fuck all really matters. Duh. Any fuck cunt all. can see. <laughs> fuck, fuck all really, really matters. matters to me. Really matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> Would I, I, I actually, it was very quiet in the chats, Mel. You've been on your phone a lot. Uh, um, farming strawberries. I Absolutely nothing going on in the chat. Really? Yeah, yeah it's quite a quiet night. night. We're funny. Huh? It, you know what? Everybody was up late last night because it was uh, a Monday a holiday. Monday holiday, and so now they're having to catch up on sleep. Oh, also, uh, cheers to the uh, uh, Killian Murphy. Yep, first Irish actor to win a BAFTA for the lead male actor. The quote really? unquote, the quote mm -hmm. unquote, or best actor huh. in a film. Yep, I don't think it's male. Anymore, I think it's just best actor. Best actor, Very yeah. Um, first Irish-born uh, person to do so. Huh. Well done. That's pretty cool. And he stood up, and part of his uh, acceptance speech was, <laughs> "Should I sing a rebel song?" <laughs> I, yeah, uh, get in, son. I watched part another of man it. with dreamy blue eyes. Actually, I watched part of it through uh, Bark Ruffalo's uh, Twitter. Nice. <laughs> Who? Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Next up is going to be. Uh, Injury time, where we check in on our adopted club. We talk about the beers we were drinking. We'll do a little bit of a check-in on our fantasy because there's still games to be played. But we also preview the next week's action. And it should somebody want to find injury time, Sam, how do they go about doing it? It is uh, patreon.com forward slash football show. And just sign up to that $1, $5 tier and get all the extra content. Excellent. Be sure to check out our Drip Shack and, of course, our EFL show where we recap the rest of the uh, English Football League, which had uh, quite a bit of fun shit going on this yeah, week. Yeah, there is. And and near and dear to our hearts, just as a little precursor, uh, Portsmouth are absolutely fucking flying. They are. They I are love it. I love everything about fire. it. Come back, baby. Till next week, everybody. Good night. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye. And drink your rye.
Hit the fucking new button!